to another episode of Trap Talk. Today, we have our guest, Austin Jacobs, who's a men's team All-American and known as one of the better double shooters in the country. Uh, Co-host today, Chris and Jake. Welcome to the show, everybody. Pleasure to be here. Glad to be here. Good to be with you. Awesome, awesome. Well, Austin, um, you know, you look like you're growing the winter beard. Are you doing a lot of uh, hunting out there? Um, how, how's the hunting se- season treating you? Oh, yeah. We're doing – we're in full swing now. Gun season just came in yesterday here in Ohio. So other than that, I've been doing some waterfowl and small game hunting. Are you seeing anything uh, good on the cams or what's what's going on there? Oh, yeah. We're a little past the rut and doing the second rut's coming in and bucks are still checking a little bit. We're doing all right. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, we had some questions emailed in from uh, our listeners, and one of the questions that they wanted to ask you is how you got started into shooting, and and how did you find success so quickly? Because I know you haven't been shooting, you know, as many years as some of the people we've interviewed, and you're, you know, obviously an amazing shot. I started a lot younger than actually one my ATA record shows. When in the hunter safety course, my dad took it with me for the second time and the instructor kind of pointed us in that direction. It was right next door to the trap club and said we should try it out. And I tried it out and didn't really fall in love with it. So I started a lot earlier than it shows, but I really, I guess I didn't fully shoot. Uh, joined the CTP program. Uh, did a lot of, did that for several years and I didn't know what ATA was. And then uh, kind of went from there found out what ATA was, found out what the Ohio team was, and that's what kind of sparked my interest in the ATA. I needed target requirements to make the state team, and uh, that opened the doors for everything else. So who was your big uh, like contributor, like big-time name shooter that you got into following around a little bit, You know, going from tournament to tournament? When I first started, or I was first interested in it, it was 2009. My dad's high school friend was in it, and I just tried it a couple times, and that was my first shoot, which turns out to be the shoot that Leo Harrison broke 1196 out of 1200 at, at Ohio. And so that was kind of, I was like, well, that's the standard there. That guy can only miss four out of 1200. But I, at that time, I mean, I didn't know what doubles was. I didn't know what handicap was. But uh, Leo was the first person that I saw. And then Harlan was also there, and he broke a 99 on that championship handicap and stuff like that. I remember just as a kid going from I only broke a couple targets to the time I tried it, and but these guys are out there. They didn't miss. I watched the shoot-offs and went from there. And Those two were kind of the big, and I mean, Leo's the greatest of all time, and Harlan's still relevant, so I mean, they're still there, but those were the first two that I saw at the, at the Ohio State shoot. So how did you go from starting and seeing Leo, the greatest of all time, watching Harlan and these other shooters, and get to where you are today, going from beginning shooter to just learning, and then, you know, back-to-back hundreds and doubles all the time like it's nobody's business? Uh, a lot of practice. Just a lot of practice, a lot of dedication, a lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of defeat, a lot of everything. I started shooting the ATA, I think, my first year on the Ohio team was in 2014, I've been, I registered targets before then through the SCT program, but 2014, everything kind of clicked. I won a couple things. 2015 came, and I took a Harlan Campbell Clinic in April, I believe. And then come August at the Cardinal Classic, I made the 27-yard line. Just kind of have gone from there, and I'm still learning to this day. 
it's a learning process for everyone, right? So you said Harlan class and mm-hmm. that, that clinic. I, I know Harlan to be a more high hold approach shooter. Is that how you shoot or do you have a variation or kind of tell the listeners what you're focusing on from singles to doubles to handicap in regard to like your hold points and how you're looking for the bird? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hold relatively higher. I, I guess I hold a level gun for singles. Okay. I hold it straight out. Kind of doing that thing where, you know, people say you're looking under the gun, but for the way I see it is I'm just, I've got my eyes a little bit above my bead and I'm waiting for the target so I'm not moving before I see the target. That's my singles. Uh, doubles, I kind of, it's not a spot shoot. It's a flick motion. I get my mark where that first target's coming out all the time. I put my gun there and I lower it down a little bit. And as soon as I say pull, I'm making a little bit of a motion up to the target and then swinging over to the second target. Handicap a hold a little lower. I would say I'm about maybe a foot over the trap house or on the trap house, depending on the day. Handicap being as difficult as it is, I want to see the target as much as possible, as soon as possible, so I hold a little lower. So a little higher when you're up close, and then as you move back, your field of vision, you're bringing everything down, sucking it to the house a little bit closer. And then doubles, like you said, you're not spot shooting it, but you're holding up a little bit. Correct, yep. So a small move on that first shot. Yep. Is your goal to shoot it as fast as possible, or is your goal to take your time and see it real well and then get your eyes on the second one, or kind of what's going on in your mind in shooting doubles? Because, I mean, you're obviously known for your doubles ability. In my mind, I'm wanting to shoot it as fast as possible, but I also want to see it. Especially on a windier day, I might shoot a little slower, and that's the difference. It's hard to say that people shoot the same speed all the time, but a lot of people get in that rhythm where they're trying to shoot the same speed all the time. I don't shoot fast all the time a lot of times that first pair comes out that day and sometimes it's boom boom or sometimes it's boom boom and i realize well that's the speed i'm going to shoot them today but as long as i'm seeing them on that first target I, I try in my mind i'm shooting it as fast as i can see it so that's where your 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 break point happens is when you see it clearly so if the light's high you're you know you're able to see the birds better you can shoot a little quicker if it's windy and the white lights low and you've got cloud cover you might take a little bit more time shooting that pair but it's, it varies day by day as far as your timing absolutely goes. yeah especially on the windier day i i mean i admire ricky he's the best bad weather double shooter i've ever seen i've talked to him and you know what he says is shoot the target where it's at not where it's supposed to be so in the windier day i slow down and i'm i'm just looking looking for the targets yeah, and, and, and I think that really is helpful if you're shooting on targets that are oscillating a little bit because I know some gun clubs in the country, that pat trap's not locked down all the way or maybe they have a different type of trap that's not always holding true or the kid's bumping it in the house and it's it's moving. And if that first shot is sliding a little bit and you're not looking for it, I think it burns people. Absolutely. And, you know, from watching you, I don't see you get burned on that a lot. It seems like you really pay attention to that first shot yeah uh my my goal is that if i'm going to miss a first target at the end of the year i want to be able to count on one hand how many first targets i miss at the end of the year going from your first shot to your second shot you pull the trigger on the first shot are your eyes moving before the gun or is it together they're moving yeah my eyes are moving over to that second target and the gun's gonna get there and i'm making sure I'm, it's a conscious effort that i'm not going to pull the trigger until the gun's there where my eyes are do you think that doubles is your favorite game out of the three or? Uh, yeah, doubles. I think doubles is the most fun for me. Twice the amount of shells and 
half the amount of time. It's a fun game. It's something if you if you break that hundred, it's one of a you know it's an accomplishment, and it's not as mentally grinding as a handicap target or a singles target is. And you're having some fun out there. You can get in a groove and a rhythm. If you don't mind me asking, where's your favorite place to shoot doubles in the country right now? That's tough. I'd have to say Kentucky. Kentucky followed by Sparta and Tucson are very close seconds, both of them. What makes Kentucky so special? Do they just throw like a nice tight pair or is it the background or what's what's the deal? Yeah, they're, they're a nice tight pair. They're up in the air. They've set a great target. Hoots and David Riddle, they just, they really know what they're doing. And the reason why people go to Kentucky is the target presentation. That's awesome. So just to take a step back, I know you said a lot of hard work, a lot of anger, a lot of drive in training and all those things. What did that look like for you? Were you were you working on specific drills, just shooting a lot of targets in itself? Did you have written goals? Or what were the things that you did to take you from where you were to where you are now specifically? Um, the biggest thing is I would shoot a winter league. And I'd always hit a slump in the wintertime, you know, not shooting as much, having more clothes. The gun didn't fit quite as well. But it took a time where I went out, I think it was 2014, right after I made the All-Ohio team. I had a lot of confidence thinking, you know, I, I figured this thing out. And I go out and shoot a, I think it was one or two out of 25. And I'm out there trying my butt off and uh, just didn't work. I struggled and I wanted to stop. You know, I felt like, well, I lost it. I can't get it back. I came home adjusting my gun at the time in a bunch of different ways I didn't know and learned how to shoot it there. And once I quit trying to make the gun shoot where I thought I wanted because I didn't know much, I learned how to shoot the gun the way it was set up. I stopped adjusting my guns and I just started shooting. So I started shooting singles all on post three. I shot a hundred targets on post three just to see the target break consistently doing that. And then I would go out and I wouldn't practice. I couldn't practice doubles or handicap until I broke 25 from the 16 yard line. Once I broke 25, we shot handicap. But then the next thing, I guess, where you could say I raised my level of confidence or participation was all mental. Um, I started realizing, well, it's anybody's day at any given time. You can compete with anybody in this sport. It's those that succeed in the sport the most are the ones that can do the most consistent and are always at the top. And not only that, but they have the strongest mental game. I went out and I had healthy competitions with several individuals at my local club. I wanted to beat them all the time. I wanted to beat my dad all the time. Once I got to the point where I was consistently beating them, in order to beat them, I had to break them all. I did that. I guess the first key for me was when I broke that 100, my first 100 on 16s, it was just practice. They told me, well, that's few and far in between. I didn't like that comment very much. So it was my goal and determination to break as many as I could. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any idea how many uh, hundreds or 200s you've got so far? Uh, I've got 25 200s, I know that number, and uh, the last time I checked, I had 100 and, 154 singles 100s, and I had 4200s in doubles, and then I have 300s from the 27. That's banging, baby. So so what what's the most amount of 100s doubles in a year you've done? It was the 2021 year. I broke 17 in one year. Because I remember that year I was watching you and you were in a lot of freaking championship <laughs> trophies. And I was like, damn, that Austin Jacob guy, he's a pain in the butt. <laughs> and, and I mean, there was a time there where I think you ran a few hundred in a row, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, that stretch, it was from Sunday at 
the Great Lakes Grand, broke 100 there, then broke all the 100s at the U.S. Open, and then went to Kansas and broke a couple hundred there. Actually tied you, Zach, in the championship, but you had to get out. You had to get back to work. <laughs> I had to, I had to I had to hit the road. I was I was gone. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, we we just had an episode with Sean Hawley, and he went over his long run was eleven hundred and sixty seven. Yeah. So that was kind of the best that was ever done. But I knew you were running for a while there because I was at all of those shoots you were at, and I kept shooting ninety nines and doubles, and you kept punching those hundreds, and it was it was upsetting to my ego. <laughs> It was a good run. I was actually the day I missed, I went dead lost on the first pair at Kansas. I believe it was Friday's event. I was actually reminded how, how long I was going, how many I was straight right before we went out and uh, went dead lost on the first pair for 99. Do you remember how many it was? 652 or 650. In 651, I went dead lost on that one pair. It's funny how something like that can get in your mind, but um, I actually went on a singles long run, I think it was last year or the year before, and I went uh, 780 straight or something like that. And on that box, it was like, I remember a comment being made like, hey, if you don't miss this, you're going to go 800 straight. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all right. And I go out and I miss one, and I'm like, ah, well, it happens, yeah. you know. But it's just the little, little things that kind of jump in your mind like that can shake you up oh, a yeah. little. Absolutely, especially on that elusive – uh, 500 by 500 squad that I'm chasing. Those comments are always made. Haven't been on that. Haven't been on nope, that yet. Closest one I ever made. Uh, the post four guy misses hundred target. So if you were going to build a squad to do that, who would you put on it? I mean, what would be your five guys, including myself? Well, you. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't bet against <laughs> you. I mean, but if you want to, if you want to take yourself off, I guess you can. But who would you? Who would you say? I mean, best bet to to, to do uh, it. Pat Lamont, absolutely. Uh, Ricky, for sure. Uh, I'd put, I'd put Ditto on there when he's hot, for singles. I'd probably put Dagan there, and then that fifth one. Got to be you then, right? Uh. I put you on there, Zach. You, when you get hot, you and Wyatt get hot on those singles. You can, you can really tear them up. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I wish I was hitting doubles like that, though. I'd trade you if you want. So another question we had for you, Austin, was, you know, what's one piece of advice you would give to a newer shooter? Somebody that's just coming up, like, what would you tell them to do if, if you were going to start over and do it all over again? Uh, looking back, I would definitely – I would tell my younger self and I'd tell people coming up is strive to be great. And when you're getting into the sport, obviously anybody can do it. That's what's so great about this sport. To start off, I mean, want to be great. And once you get that mentality that, you know, you can compete with just anybody out there. I mean, you, the things you can achieve in this sport. I mean, look at Wyatt Debris, what he's accomplished at such a young age. The first year I was at Kansas, I, I don't know if he had started shooting then. It was... Three years ago, I don't. He might have just been practicing, but I I met his dad and everything, and seeing him, you know, asking him the shy kid, I said, you know, when are you going to start shooting? He said, oh, soon. And then the very next year, I mean, he made the twenty-seven yard line in three hundred and sixty-four days. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's just one of those things where you know, strive to be great, and then don't be afraid to ask for help. You might be intimidated by the old guys at your club that are saying how much they hate singles and everything, but ask those guys. Ask them, you know, what they do, what they think, and kind of combine everything. I know I watched Harlan, I watched Leo, I watched Ricky, 
I watched all these great shooters at the state shoot and saw all their pre-shot routines and what they did and went from, and I made that my own. I, you know, I took a little bit from this guy, a little bit from this guy, and kind of combined it to see what would work for me and just do that. Uh, watch, strive to be great, and don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's great advice. I think uh, the whole wanting to be better, wanting to be great, that's a mental shift, right? And you, you talked earlier about the mental game. For you, one, it's deciding to be better. I agree with that. But did you pursue books and literature about mental game or was it just kind of, you know, constantly pushing positivity into your mind about what you're doing? Or what was that that mental training that you were doing that took you to the ability to run that, you know, 655 straight? Yeah, um, I asked, asked some questions. Uh, Harlan spoke a lot about his mental game in his clinics. I guess when I first started the AT, I wasn't as consistent as I was, but once I started talking to these guys and learning, I listened to some podcasts about focus and just everything like that. And then the one thing that you've got to have confidence in yourself the most. And that's what I lacked at the very beginning. Once I, it took me when I achieved, when I got to the 27, I broke uh, 99 at the Cardinal classic in the handicap championship and I didn't have to shoot off. And I think that helped. I didn't have to deal with the nerves. I didn't really know what I did. I didn't. Obviously, I wanted to get to the 27, but I, I remember breaking the 99 and winning outright. <laughs> didn't play any options, so didn't have that or anything going for me. But uh, looking at the trophy and then when the program was printed, I saw my name in the list of champions, past champions. That gave me the confidence mentally and self-confidence and I went with that and uh that's what that's really what clicked everything for me is the self-confidence it's huge but if you don't believe in yourself how can you achieve and what's really hard about this sport is sometimes you have to do it before you believe in yourself but if you don't believe in yourself how are you going to do it right so it's it's which do you put first and it's at the beginning it's like okay I gotta at least believe that I can so that I can get there one time. And then once you've done it, it's doing it over and over and over again. I mean, we talked about that with Sean last time. And I mean, he said, you know, prove yourself that you could do it once and then you can do it a hundred times over. And obviously with your amount of doubles broken and singles and handicap, it's becoming easier for you. Do you still feel nervy when you're running hundreds and doubles or is it to a point now where you know, it's just another day in the office. Or is there any portion of it where you do get nervous? Yeah, I still struggle with that. I mean, the other thing, too, is to block the negative thoughts, you know. I catch myself all the time, well, if you're going to miss, it's going to be here. And more often than not, you miss that target because of that negativity. Obviously, the first one of the year in doubles or singles, that first 100 of the year after, you know, being laid off for a couple months, I get nervous there until that last shot. I would say I get more nervous in doubles breaking 100 than I do singles. The start is always nervous for me, getting started and once I get rolling. And I don't really think about it until later on. But having that confidence to finish it off, I always go back to that first one of the year, how nervous I was and I overcome that. Another thing would be is the one thing I get nervous about is after you miss one early is not missing anymore. Because obviously being the level that the top guys are, you know, once you miss one, you're out of it, but there's still a lot to say about breaking 99, you know, the triple A average, the all American points that come with it. Guys I shoot with, 
one guy specifically, you know, he's counting down. Well, here we are down to a 99, down to a 98, 97, no points. And, you know, then he gets down and he'll miss maybe one or two more. The nerves are still there, the short answer. I think that's that's good to have nerves at some level. You know, they diminish as you keep doing what you're doing, the longevity. But you, you mentioned a lot, staying in the game, whether it's for average, for points, or for high overalls, you miss one early and finishing that is, is, is huge for how you carry momentum through the whole week. I mean, you know, because you, you keep going and it gets out of control quick and then you're basically out of everything. You know, that being said, now where you're at, do you set goals and, and do you have any goals that you share with our listeners that you're working on right now as far as like all American teams or, or averages or kind of what are your things that you focus on going into a season? Yeah, absolutely. I set goals at the beginning of every year. I kind of have a checklist. I go, you know, obviously the All-American teams up there, the state teams up there. Maintaining averages, you know, I'm, I don't really shoot for average, but yet it's a nice thing to have. You know, when you're, when you're on a roll a little bit, that's one thing I take a lot of pride in. But other than that, the long-term goals that I've set, you know, years, a couple years ago that I'm still working on is obviously a grand ring. Um, obviously, that that three by three that very few people have done too, three hundred in a day in all three disciplines. Still trying to win my single state championship that I've either been runner up or broken one one ninety nine in the last uh, five or six years. Yeah, I mean you've got some serious competition in Ohio, though. It's not <laughs> like you're it's not like you're dealing with a bunch of nobodies, right? I mean you got <laughs> Joe Charnagos over there. I yeah. mean he's obviously great you got elena mccartney um you've probably got a bunch more um that i'm not even thinking of off the top of my head i mean who who are the heaters that you're dealing with over there day in and day out oh yeah uh you got joe for sure you got michael wangard you got elena you even Wingy, have, yeah yeah you have i forget he's from ohio oh yeah you have uh elena's dad pat he was great for a very long time and still is he can he still he won the singles championship i think only a couple of years ago still we have those ones. We have Steve Stedman, who just broke 99 at the Grand American Handicap, went into our state Hall of Fame last year. We've got Bobby Kaplinger, who I shoot with often. Our current OSTA president, Mike Blair, he's a, he broke 99 in the preliminary handicap. I mean, all these great shooters from Ohio. I think the preliminary handicap at the Grand this year, there was four people from Ohio that broke 99 from the 27, if I'm not mistaken. Ain't no games getting played in Ohio. Huh? <laughs> no, and that goes all year, all winter long, too, in the Calcuttas and. So, so I hear a lot about this winter league shooting in Ohio. What is that even like? Is that like <laughs> some non-registered like meat shoot stuff, or like what kind of what are we dealing with in Ohio? Oh, we do a lot of stuff. A lot of buddy shoots, protector shoots, long bird stuff. We do porch shoots, Annie Oakleys. Then we do the regular leagues, you know, 50 handicap, 50 singles, stuff like that. And then we do the winter Calcutta is 25 from the 16, 25 from the 20, 25 from the 24, and then 25 from your ATA card too. There's always a shoot somewhere. You just got to find it in Ohio. And that's a lot of fun to keep shooting all the time. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I know, Austin, you are a sponsored shooter, um, sponsored by Remington. Are there other sponsors that help you right now? And is there anybody that you'd like to acknowledge? Craig Off International. I've been on their team since uh, 2018. 
Uh, great people to work with. Great gun. Obviously, I might be biased here, but the best gun on the market. Yeah, I'm, 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 I tend to be biased towards that, Craig, off myself. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and the, I really – Absolutely. Uh, even the, all the members on the team, you know, they're all great people. And then the people behind the scenes, Jackie Ballman, uh, Chrissy Bird, Alex, uh, then Betty and Dieter. I mean, uh, from the very top, you know, they're just great people to work with. And then uh, the other sponsor is uh, Stocklock, Pat McCarthy, his creation – recoil system and pat elena and kim they're just great people to work with at family-run business dawson enterprises in maslin ohio and they're just great to deal with and it doesn't help having the help of a two-time hall of famer the state and the ata hall of fame and pat mccarthy at your side pat's the man i mean everybody knows that and he knows what he's doing and obviously you know the product speaks for itself you, you shoot it very well now do you teach or do you do clinics or um, are you just open for input and questions when people see you at the gun club? Yep. I'm just open for input. And the biggest thing is somebody's got to ask me. I'm Once I know somebody, obviously I talk, I'm kind of outgoing towards those. But people I don't know, I'm kind of more an introvert in that stance. But just come up to me and ask me a question. You want to go to a practice trap? My biggest thing is, you know, I don't have a – the way I do it is kind of unorthodox. I don't teach my way. Uh, I just – I look at what somebody's doing and try to build off what they're doing. I don't want to change too much, so I don't offer any clinics. Something I'd want to get into eventually, I'm sure. No, I think I think people would see a lot of value in that because, as you said, you've got a style that's a little bit of everyone's. I mean, it's not quite like all Harlan Campbell high hold point because you're bringing it down in handicap. You know, the, the last two people we interviewed, Ricky and Sean, were both kind of on the house, drive up to the target people, and it sounds like you you have a hybrid of that depending on whether you're shooting singles, doubles, or handicap. Now, the one thing I didn't get to ask you with that K80 is, are you like a pro rib guy or a regular? I mean, do you shoot a really high point of impact, or is it pretty flat like Ricky and Sean? Or what's what's your standpoint on that? Again, it's a little bit in between. I have the standard rib on my K80, but uh, singles, it's all the way down. And ribs touching the barrel it's 100 percent high to a little bit higher i have a little bit of a gap in in my beads for the single barrel but doubles uh i think i have my rib on the third notch i'm more of an 80 20 person there uh with my over under and you know i got into a little bit of a mental lapse in singles there a couple years it was a year and a half ago now right before the grand with my single barrel and i went to my over under and i shot my over under for singles and so i'm 80 20 there i'm still current i'd like to work back to be able to shoot my single barrel for singles yeah i, I remember when you flipped to that over under i said hey this ain't no doubles event you're like that's working and i said ah, I mean, you're hitting them so no big deal <laughs> yeah that was another Leo-inspired thing when Leo shot his over-unders there for a little while. I thought I might try it instead of struggling a little bit. Now, do you think shooting that over-under for singles has really helped your doubles game just because you have that much more experience with that point of impact on that shot? And, and did you feel the difference as you were doing it? Oh, 100%. Swinging the over-unders, obviously they're a little heavier, but they're also a little shorter. I'm swinging a lot fat. I get there a lot faster, it seems, but it's a smoother motion. It's a heavier barrel. When I went to my over under, it's kind of when I uh, went on that little run there. Had such such success last year too, and then shooting practice and singles. You know, I sometimes you get bored just practicing, so you switch a little bit. So I go from the top barrel for ten or fifteen, go to the bottom barrel for ten, 
every once in a while. And I really learned where, where both barrels were shooting at that point in time. It, it helped a lot. I, I do recommend that for some people too. That's really, really good feedback. Uh, is there, is there any other questions that you wanted to ask Chris, or is there anything that, uh, that you wanted to add Austin? When's your next, your, your next shoot? I don't know if you got a, a, your schedule all planned out for this target year or not. I would like to say I'll, I'll be in Tucson in February, but I don't know just yet. I actually, when I missed the one in November, I planned on missing the one in February as well. So I probably won't start again until March or April. Uh, I'll do the zone shoot here in Ohio to qualify for the state team. And then I might make my first trip to Florida this year, shoot the Southern Grand. Haven't made that one yet. It's a little bit intimidating because of the nightmare stories down there, but got to try it sometime. Hey, if anybody could shoot the doubles down there, it'll be you. There, 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 hey, you talk about that target shifting, though. It shifts. It's it's a it's a shifting shot for sure. But well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Austin. We really appreciate your time. Um, you know, from us at Trap Talk, I'm sure we'll have you on again because you've uh, got a wealth of information. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, uh, Winning Stockworks, and also Remington Arms. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to email or hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, but it's just been a real pleasure getting to hear your story, Austin, and we wish you the best in this 2023 shooting season. Good luck for deer season. I appreciate it. Good luck to all you guys out there, and good luck to you and three hosts as well. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.